Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Science Friction Theater on HudsonRiverRadio.com. Tonight, Episode 1, Atomic Robots from Mars. It was a beautiful spring day in Stony Point, New York in 1954, but little did the residents know that high above, hundreds of rocket ships traveling from Mars to Earth were penetrating the terrestrial atmosphere and then speeding off on different trajectories around the globe. The ships all self-destructed to appear to be ordinary meteors, but not before ejecting their occupants who floated undetected to the surface with the use of parachute-like devices and miniature fiery red retro-rockets. Only two of them attracted attention while landing, one of them in Brazil and another in China, but those unfortunate human witnesses were instantaneously incinerated to ashes by an intense beam of radiation emanating from sparkling blue panels on the chests of the silvery metallic Martian robots. Phase one of the invasion was complete. That night, at the prestigious Hudson River University, the brilliant nuclear physicist Dr. Sebastian Brewster took a long, pensive draw from his pipe and then ever so slowly exhaled. The ribbons of smoke swirled languidly up to the ceiling where a faint haze had spread across the entire laboratory. You okay, Dr. Brewster? Dr. Brewster, can you hear me? What's that? Who's there? Oh, Stanley, it's just you. Making sure I'm not burning down the lab for the third time. Just making my rounds and locking up for the night. Must be something awful important to keep you here so late. Will you be here much longer? Not much longer. I'll lock up when I leave. Okay, then. Good night, Doctor. And please do be careful with your matches or I might end up losing my job this time. Don't worry. I'll be careful. Good night, Stanley. Before the night watchman had shut the door, Dr. Brewster was deep in thought again. But it wasn't about how to increase the yield on the next atomic bomb or the latest problems in quantum mechanics. Dr. Sebastian Brewster, confirmed bachelor, had girl problems. Graduate student Betty Winthrop, to be exact. It's those damn blue eyes of hers. Not to mention how she fills out her lab coat in all the right places. I certainly wouldn't mind playing a little... Backseat bingo with her. How are men supposed to think when women are allowed to go to college and work? 
Well, I bet if I pop the question, Betty will gladly give up her drafting board for an ironing board. What woman wouldn't? Later, at dawn, on a remote farm in rural Stony Point... Gilbert? Gilbert! Yes, Mabel. Coming, dear. The sun's rising, and them chickens ain't gonna feed themselves, and the cows need milking, too. Get a move on! Yes, dear. Right away, dear. I guess I kind of overslept this morning as the dogs and the horses and the cows were all making such a ruckus last night. I couldn't sleep. If it ain't one excuse with you, it's another. My mother warned me, don't marry Gilbert Snecker, you'll have nothing but misery. Gilbert dutifully headed for the barn to start his chores. The farm had been so noisy last night, but now it was quiet. Maybe too quiet. Mabel. Mabel, grab the shotgun and get out here. Is there another fox in the hen house? There ain't no fox. There ain't no hens. There ain't no cows, horses, dogs, pigs, and there ain't no living creatures of any kind here. Just these piles of burnt ashes. Something otherworldly happened here. Don't be such a damn fool. Someone must have stole all our livestock in the night. When I catch those thieves, they'll wish they'd never met Mabel Snacker. I don't doubt that. I heard that. You're trying to be smart, Wade? What's what's that? Lord have mercy. It's kind of mechanical devil. Get back here, you yellow-bellied coward! I don't know what you are or what part of hell you sprung from, but I'm sending you right back there. Take that! Didn't even leave a dent. Oh no! What is it doing? Later that day, at the renowned West Point Military Academy, overlooking the Hudson River, cadets were absorbed in their classes and drilling endlessly on the parade grounds, while several large staff cars sped to a remote section of the vast compound to an innocuous-looking guard shed. But four stories beneath that shed was an impenetrable command center bunker, where all the top brass on the East Coast were gathering. Communications with Washington are still down, General Stanford. Are you telling me, Sparky, that all of the phones and all of the radios are inoperable? I'm sorry, General, sir. All of the landlines are dead, and something seems to be jamming the radios. Never seen anything like it. Major Briggs, any more word on the situation? No, sir. After the Code Crimson alert this morning, we've been cut off. Then we have to assume that this is a Soviet attack. I knew it would be only a matter of time. Can't say I'm disappointed either. Been waiting to get a crack at those Ruskies since Berlin. Uh, begging your pardon, General, sir, but before the radios went down, we were monitoring distress signals in the Soviet Union and dozens of other countries around the world. Whatever this is, it seems to be a global threat. Great Caesar's ghost, are you telling me that the planet Earth is under attack from aliens? I, uh, no, sir, General. I'm just saying. The boy's right, General. We were getting mysterious reports from France to the Philippines. And that's just the kind of hysteria these commie bastards would spread before they attacked. Try to throw us off guard, like the Roswell nonsense. 
Unless, Major, you want to recommend we start gearing up to fight the little green men from the moon and maybe some big, scary Martians with death rays. No, sir. Of course not, sir. <sighs> General! Where's General Stanford? Over here, Sergeant. What's wrong? Spit it out, man. Yes, sir. There's someone here you need to talk to. What's this all about, Sergeant? An old farmer, Gilbert Snecker, just drove his truck right into the Academy's front gates, ranting and raving. What about? An invasion, sir. Commies? No, sir. Atomic robots! Why, I ought to, I ought to bust you to private. What the hell's wrong with everyone today? Please, sir. I think you need to talk to this man right now. You brought a civilian here to a top-secret bunker? Are you just begging to be court-martialed? General, we don't have any idea what's going on. Perhaps we should hear him out. Where's the general? I gotta speak to the man in charge. I'm General Stanford. Now, what's all this claptrap about atomic robots? It's true. The fiend burned my poor animals to cinder. Burned my wife, too. Like she was a scrap of paper in a blowtorch. Never thought even an A-bomb could kill that woman. As Gilbert Snecker went on to describe the hideous metallic murderer and its atomic power of death, the officers in charge began barking orders. I want troops, tanks, and air support on that farm. Pronto! Find me the best nuclear physicist, ASAP. Back at Hudson River University, it's business as usual, for now... All right, class. That's about it for the day. Don't forget your papers are due in one week and no excuses. I can't guarantee a passing grade if your paper is on time, but I can guarantee failure if it isn't. Dismissed. Oh, uh, not you, Miss Winthrop. I'd like to see you for a moment. Yes, Dr. Brewster. Is there a problem? Well, yes and no. I mean, well, uh, it depends on your answer. I'm afraid I don't understand, Doctor. What is the question? Miss Winthrop, Betty, I, uh, well, uh, you see, I, uh, oh, damn it. I can design a nuclear weapon, but I can't ask a girl out to dinner tonight. Why, Dr. Brewster, I, I don't know what to say. I was going to be working on my notes this evening for the defense of my dissertation on creating a methodology for detecting the existence of neutrinos based upon the predictions of Wolfgang Pauli in 1931, to compensate for the loss of energy and momentum as he observed it in beta decays, but a date with you sounds far more important. Excellent. Just leave all those hypothetical subatomic particles to the boys. Go home and make yourself pretty. I'll pick you up at about... Brewster? Are you Dr. Brewster? What is the meaning of this? How dare you soldiers come barging in here? I demand an explanation. Sorry, but we don't have time for no etiquette. I'm under orders to bring you to West Point ASAP, whether you like it or not. What? Under whose authority, dude? Look, Brewster, if you must know, atomic robots from outer space may be threatening planet Earth. Your country needs your expertise, and every second counts. Dear Lord, just let me grab my briefcase and pipe. And Betty, I need you too. Oh, thank you, Doctor. I did spend a year at the National Nuclear Propulsion Lab. Perhaps I can be of help. What? Oh, yes. Maybe. But what I really need you to do is take notes for me. Uh, oh, yes. Of course, Doctor. Come on, we're wasting time. Let's go on the double. In downtown Stony Point, Grace Dunlop is preparing flower arrangements in her shop for a wedding as her young son Johnny does his homework. Gosh, Ma! 
Who is ever going to need these use of fractions? Well, if you only do half your homework and half your chores this week, your father's only going to give you a quarter of your allowance and you won't be able to afford the latest issue of Action Comics. How do you like those fractions? Okay, but I'm going to go play baseball with my friends as soon as I'm done. Johnny, you know I need you to help me with these roses. Aw, gee, Mom, please. You know, the other boys all make fun of me all the time. Joey calls me Daisy and Billy calls me Robot. Robot? Why would Billy call you? No, Ma, look, jeepers, there's a real robot in the street. Young man, what have we told you about making up stories? Last week it was a werewolf, and now... Oh, my heavens! It is a robot! This is the neatest thing ever! Johnny, no! It could be dangerous! As little Johnny Dunlop raced toward the eight-foot-tall metallic monster, his mother caught up with him and instinctively placed herself as a shield between her son and the massive alien robot. But it did no good. <laughs> Who knew that the wedding flowers Grace had ordered could be used now for her own funeral and that of her son? That is, if anyone in Stony Point was left alive to conduct a funeral, there would be thousands of funerals, if not millions, around the world as hundreds of Martian atomic robots rampaged across the globe, destroying every living creature in their path. Back at Hudson River University. Where's the Jeep? People are starting to panic. Can't risk running into a traffic jam or one of those robots. There's our ride. A helicopter? How exciting. I've never been in a helicopter before. Is that contraption safe? If we crash, I'll personally write a complaint letter to Mr. Sikorsky. Now, let's get this bird in the air. Take us to Stony Point. No can do. My orders are to take you straight to West Point. Oh, but... Captain, it would be really helpful if we could see the robot for ourselves. And it would only take a few minutes. Uh, I'm just the corporal, miss. But if you think we should swing by Stony Point, we'll be there in a jiffy. Well, I never... Betty, maybe I should let you do the talking next time I ask for a research grant. It didn't take any great navigation skills to find the smoldering ruins of Stony Point. The billowing columns of gray smoke rose like a giant grave marker above the former community. Unbelievable. All of this destruction from a single robot. God help mankind. God doesn't seem to be helping right now. That's where we hope you step in. There, down there. It looks like soldiers are shooting at something. Take us down for a better look. Below the helicopter, a fierce life-and-death struggle was taking place. A hundred soldiers were shooting and tossing grenades at the relentless and remorseless robot on the scorched patch of earth that had once been a doctor's office and a playground. Across the street, a gas station engulfed in flames suddenly exploded, but the soldiers didn't even notice, as one by one their bodies erupted into flames, and only seconds later, just a pile of ashes remained where a brave American once stood, defending his country to the death. Oh, it's all too horrible. Cover your eyes, Betty. Don't look. I think we've seen enough, Corporal. Let's get out of here before that fiendish robot notices us. We need to start making plans on how to kill this atomic demon. We'll be right back with more of Science Friction Theater on HudsonRiverRadio.com. 
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We now return. To Science Friction Theater on HudsonRiverRadio.com. In a conference room in the command center bunker at West Point, Army officers and science professors and engineers from the academy had gathered. Sporadic reports had been coming in from both soldiers and civilians fleeing to what they believed would be the safety of the military stronghold. But when word spread that even the men inside the tanks had been roasted alive, people quickly realized that no place was safe. General Stanford, this is Dr. Sebastian Brewster and his secretary, Miss Winthrop. Thank you for coming, Dr. Brewster. I trust you understand the gravity of the situation. Not only is every citizen's life in peril, but American democracy hangs in the balance. We saw the devastation firsthand, General. Stony Point has been completely obliterated. And with all that radiation, it will be at least 50 years before it's safe to live there again. This is slaughter on an inhumane scale. Exactly. It is inhuman. A local astronomer reported seeing flashes of light on the surface of Mars a few days ago. That's from where we think these robots were launched. Atomic robots from Mars? But why? There'll be plenty of time for questions later, if we're all still alive long enough to ask them. Now it's time for action. Oh, and Miss Winthrop, is it? Yes, General. How can I help? Be a good girl and get these men some coffee. Oh, yes, sir. Right away, General. Later that evening... Everyone clam up. We've been at this for hours and haven't gotten anywhere. And reports are coming in that this robot is almost to New York City, reaping death and destruction all along the way. I'm telling you, we need to construct a giant lead box to seal the robot inside. And just how do you propose to get the robot in the box? I need practical suggestions. Excuse me. Please, may I say something? Excuse me. Betty, please. You're obviously hysterical from all that's happened today, and you're embarrassing me. Well, I don't care who is embarrassed. People are dying every second we delay. Pipe down, everyone. Do you have an idea, Miss Winthrop? Yes, Major, I do. As all of our weapons appear to be ineffective, Dr. Brewster has the right idea. The only hope is to get shielding around the robot to stop its deadly radiation. Not that stupid lead box idea again. No, General. What we need is molten lead. 
and all the barium enemas we can find. (laughs) (laughs) What? That's so funny. Betty, have you gone mad? Maybe I have, but maybe this is just crazy enough to work. Barium sulfate blocks ionizing radiation, which is why it's used in X-ray imaging. If we can mix it into some kind of adhesive substrate, we can spray it directly onto the robot, especially over its sensors and death ray. If we can disable its radioactive weaponry for even a few minutes, we can then use the combustion wire thermal spray process developed by Dr. Max Shoup in 1910 to coat the entire robot in layers of lead. (laughs) (laughs) This just could work. We will need a lot of lead wire, oxyacetylene torches, and special spray nozzles to deliver the molten lead. And I'll send soldiers to collect all the barium enemas they can find at hospitals and doctor's offices across the Hudson Valley. Oh, it's good. Miss Winthrop. Yes, Major. More coffee? No, no, no. It's just that, well... If this works, I would like to get you a cup of coffee. The world's Air Forces fired missiles and dropped bombs on the atomic Martian robots, but its powerful bursts of radiation easily incinerated the missiles and bombs, as well as all the aircraft. Navies bombarded the robots along the coast while armies fired everything they had on the ground. And one by one, the armed forces of the world went up in smoke. Refugees ran for their lives until there was nowhere to run. Humanity teetered on the brink of extinction. 24 hours later, in a laboratory at West Point, while Betty Winthrop was assigned to the kitchen to make sandwiches, Dr. Sebastian Brewster was overseeing the final preparations of Operation Enema. Great work, Dr. Brewster. My engineering department has all of the equipment ready to spray the molten lead. And my lab staff has mixed hundreds of gallons of the adhesive barium sulfate mixture. We will be using large compressed air canisters to dispense it. The high-pressure nozzles will allow the soldiers to spray the mixture from about 20 feet away. Looks like your plan might just work. Save the congratulations until after this mechanical monstrosity is out of commission. And let's say a prayer for those brave soldiers who are about to risk their lives to save us all. I may have come up with the idea, but they are the real heroes. Meanwhile, to the south, a deadly swath of destruction had burned across Rockland County into northern New Jersey and straight for the George Washington Bridge. Once in Manhattan, the atomic Martian robot could render the city uninhabitable for generations. In a small town within view of New York City, People were desperately seeking somewhere to hide. Mommy, I'm tired of running. You have to keep going, sweetheart. I can't carry you and the baby. Where's Daddy and Uncle Glenn? They can carry me. Daddy and Glenn couldn't make it. Now please, dear, hurry. Over here, ma'am, quickly, this way. The robot isn't far behind you. Thank heaven, a police officer. I thought you were all gone. I'm still standing, ma'am, and there's a bomb shelter over here. The police officer guided the woman, her children, and several other terrified people to a homemade shelter in the backyard of Chester Ames, a World War II and Korean War veteran who had been convinced his preparations would save him from nuclear war with the Soviet Union. Lord have mercy. 
I never thought I would be hiding from robots from outer space in this shelter. You can close the door now, officer. And ma'am, you and your daughter and the baby can relax. All of you are safe in here until this thing passes. Sure, it'll be a bit cramped with all of us, but we have a month of canned food and water and enough firearms to start a revolution. The neighbors all said I was crazy building a bomb shelter, but now they are toast and we're safe and secure. God bless America. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight o'er the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming on the rocket's red glare The bombs bursting in air Gave proof through the night That our flag was still there Oh, say does the star-spangled Banner yet An hour later at West Point, on the parade ground near the fleet of waiting helicopters, The plan is simple, men. Disable this robot before it kills you all. Team 1, your men will approach as close as you dare and coat this bastard from head to toe with the barium mixture. The instant the robot appears disoriented or disabled, Team 2 will fire up their torches and start spraying the molten lead, concentrating on the death ray panel, the eyes, and the antennas first. And just when you think the robot has had enough, give him ten more times. Now go out there and kick some robot ass and give him the enema he'll never forget. None of the soldiers dared look down as they flew over what was left of Rockland County. New Jersey didn't look any better. Some talked nervously, others clutched Bibles and crosses and prayed silently. And one man played a soulful tune on his harmonica. The helicopters landed in a parking lot near the George Washington Bridge, and as soon as all the men and equipment were unloaded, they took off for a safer location. At this point, men were expendable. Aircraft was irreplaceable. Team 1, take up positions behind those abandoned cars and spread out. We need to encircle the robot and cover him with the enema mixture, front and rear. Yes, Major Briggs. On the double, men. Team 2, take up positions more to the front, behind those cars over there. Concentrate on disabling that damn death ray, or we will all be dining in hell tonight. Yes, sir, Major. And may I say it's been an honor serving with you. The honor has been all mine, Corporal. Major, scouts report that the robot is two minutes out. Roger that. You and the scouts take up positions behind teams 1 and 2. If one man falls, we will need another to step in. And what in Sand Hill is that? Looks like civilians from Manhattan, sir, trying to cross the bridge and escape the city. There's thousands of them. 
And they're all coming this way. Those fools! Those damn fools! They're all running straight to their deaths! Give me the megaphone! Turn back! The robot is heading this way! Turn back! Major Briggs desperately tried to stop the panicked mob, but it was a terrified, unstoppable tidal wave of humanity racing straight into the jaws of death. But as luck would have it, the robot and the mob met right at an ambush point. Nothing can save those poor souls now. Commence the attack while the robot is distracted. As hundreds and thousands of civilians perished, the piles of ashes grew knee-deep at the entrance to the George Washington Bridge. It seemed as if New York would be lost, and every state and every country would fall like dominoes. But then, Team One sprang into action. Several squads of soldiers with large canisters strapped to their backs and what looked to be modified flamethrower nozzles let loose their enema mixtures with the force of fire hoses. The sticky barium mixture stuck on every surface of the metallic skin of the robot. Its death ray still managed to incinerate several men, but the relentless pounding spray began to have a noticeable effect. It's working. Well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. The enemas are having an effect. The robot is slowing down and the death ray has stopped. Team 2, go, go, now, now! Geronimo, follow me, men! Several groups of three soldiers in Team 2 sprang forward. While two men wheeled the heavy oxyacetylene tanks and lead wire and guided the hoses, a third man in a special heat-resistant suit and gloves held the attached trigger-grip nozzle into which a steady stream of lead wire was fed into the intense flame of the torch. Streams of melted lead began coating the robot, but at first the soldiers weren't getting close enough, and just when it sounded like the robot was once again powering up its death ray, the gallant Major Briggs ran forward and picked up the torch from a fallen soldier. Major, no! You don't have any protective gear! No time for that! Closer, men! Closer! Even though the intense heat from the blazing torch and molten lead blistered his hands and face, the Major stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with the massive atomic robot and literally filled him full of lead. Inspired by the courage of their commanding officer, the other soldiers drew closer until a tight circle of men and torches sprayed layer upon layer upon the now defenseless robot. Look out, men! He's going down! The bigger those Martian robots are, the harder they fall! <laughs> we need to spread the word. We need to tell the whole country, the entire world, how to kill these atomic robots from Mars. We'll be right back with more of Science Friction Theater on HudsonRiverRadio.com. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to Golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo taking release. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to Golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's G-O-L-O.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who have found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. And now for the exciting conclusion of Science Friction Theater on HudsonRiverRadio.com. 
Two weeks later, in the West Point Hospital... Now hold still. You know I have to change those bandages on your hands. You've been spoiling me, Betty. I can't wait until these bandages come off and I can... Probably another one of those damn doctors. Come in! Oh, Dr. Brewster, how nice of you to come and see me. Oh, Betty, I, uh, didn't expect to see you here. Has she been taking good care of you, Major? The best, but it's general now. Amazing what defeating an alien robot will do for your career. Yes, of course. Congratulations, General Briggs. I just wanted to see how you were recovering. Betty is a miracle worker, a real angel. Yes, I'm sure. A very capable young woman. And about that, Betty, you know, the university is hoping to start classes again in the fall. As the new head of the physics department, I was wondering if you might want to be my teaching assistant. Thank you, Dr. Brewster. I'm flattered. But I accepted a position at Los Alamos. Now that all the robots have been neutralized, General Briggs is leading a new task force there to strike back at Mars, and I'll be in charge of the nuclear physics division. The general is my new boss. Well, uh, well, uh, well, I, uh, I guess congratulations are in order all the way around. Any other surprises? Don't let Betty fool you with that part about me being her boss. As soon as I'm up and around, we are going to be married. Betty will be my boss until death do us part. A week later, in the laboratory of Hudson River University, Dr. Sebastian Brewster took a long, pensive draw from his pipe and then ever so slowly exhaled. The ribbons of smoke swirled languidly up to the ceiling where a faint haze had spread across the entire laboratory. Dr. Brewster, why don't you go home? It's late. The lab is my home, Stanley. Say, you know... I never asked. Are you married? Me? Married? Hell no! Pardon my language. I'd be sooner able to understand what made them atomic robots tick than figure out what a woman is thinking. Isn't that the truth, Stanley? Isn't that the ever-loving truth? This has been Science Friction Theater, a production of HudsonRiverRadio.com. Written by Linda Zimmerman. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an exciting adventure. See you next time on Science Friction Theater.